Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Inks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. Thanks for bearing with us. The New York Yankees finally threw us a bone, too, and signed Marcus Stroman. They did it at the end of last week. They did it after our last show, before the holiday. They did it after we were told they were not going to do it. So, doink! Uh, Stroman met with Brian Cashman face-to-face. It apparently worked wonders. Everybody loved talking to everybody. Uh... This is a tough signing to grade, and we will talk through the pros, cons as best we can today to wrap the week, and then we'll see you again next week, Monday, Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern, same cadence you're used to. This week, we're switching it up. I was coming back from uh, something I could not uh, say no to going to yesterday. Uh, that's how funerals work, and uh, now we're doing the show today uh, as soon as we can possibly get it to you. Sorry to the comments that said, where's the show yesterday? I can't do the show from the pews of a church i tried but you just <laughs> so, uh, we're gonna do it today instead uh talk all about stroman which by the way wasn't official last week wasn't official earlier in the week it became official today we got the corresponding roster move we also got a couple of minor signings from the new york yankees and we can judge the direction potentially we're also getting this one out before hector naris signs everywhere as the yankees reportedly pivot to the bullpen thanks for joining us again we'll be here normal cadence next week we're here now and hopefully you like it and we'll be uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts after the podcast is done. Being live on YouTube, Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. You have an offer from a sponsor. Oh, man, I am back with an offer. How good does this feel? I know it's been a couple weeks, guys, but we got DraftKings back, Yankees fans. Uh, DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign-up bonus. I don't know if you ever heard of these. Um, they're for new users. Uh, you can place a, f- a $5 first bet on anything and instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will be also rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every, sing- every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you will receive both awards even if your first bet loses. What a perk. When you join DraftKings, just please make sure to sign up with our code YanksGoYard. Again, that is YanksGoYard. And not only does this uh, code get you all these great bonuses, but it directly supports your boys at the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Um, So if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, my preferred gambling platform, I will say, not biased at all. Make sure to use that code Yanks Go Yard to maximize the usage of those first bets and all those parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically not mentally, physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Full terms of Marcus Stroman's offer, pretty good. I'll take it. What do we think? Look, if you're going to be annoyed about Stroman going to the Yankees, which we were plenty bothered by the possibility of uh, this whole situation imploding. We talked extensively on the last couple of shows about how it didn't smell right. Apparently, we were, uh, you know, 
not thinking outside the box here. We thought that it was disqualifying to spend four years saying that you hate a team and they suck ass, apparently, that uh, can all be undone in about a week of bargaining with Brian Cashman and as well as a desperate couple of weeks because the Yankees thought they were getting Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Uh, it's very funny. We talked about it when the Yamamoto contract was still floating around. Uh, other fans in other cities thought their team was guaranteed to land him. Mm-hmm. We in New York thought that we had a distinct advantage. Every locality thought they had an advantage and oop, turned out wanted to be a Dodger all along. Well, the Yankees didn't really know that either. They staked their whole offseason on him and they made that very clear. And rumor, I, I read a rumor this weekend that they, they really did think things were trending in their direction, that Yamamoto gave hints that he was trending in the Yankees' direction. That wasn't true. That was a good job by Yamamoto, good job by his team. But he was always going to be a Dodger, especially after Otani cleared the money. That was obvious. That was also obviously the Yankees' only plan. So what do they do? Jordan Montgomery's a no-go. It's not going to happen. They discussed it internally. He apparently has wanted to be a Ranger this whole time. The Rangers TV deal is floating around. Odds are that gets settled at some point. Uh, They offered $150 million to Blake Snell. That's the rumor. I don't know if I believe that rumor, but I know they made an offer to Blake Snell, and we all know that. Uh, What was the rumor? Way below $250 million, way below $200 million, way below the two rumored asking prices that Snell is currently still sticking to. I don't think he's going to get anywhere close to those. And we will continue to talk about him this episode. Cause I also don't think the Yankees should close the door on him quite yet. But once he turned down, whatever that initial offer was, the Yankees realized a we're running out of options. B Marcus Stroman is a pretty good one. And C, if he wants to bring that fire and intensity and channel it into being a major part of this pitching staff, then he'd be a pretty great number four. And I think the most important part is the price tag because yeah. You're signing Marcus Stroman for four years and $85 million. We got a lot of questions because we got a lot of documented hatred of, of this regime and anti-Brian Cashman sentiment. But now that you know you're signing Marcus Stroman for two years at $18.5 million a season with the possibility of a vesting option if he reaches that 140-inning plateau in his second season, that's cheaper than Lucas Giolito. That's four-starter money for someone with two-starter upside. And if Carlos Rodon and Nestor Cortez bounce back this year – He's the most overqualified four-starter in baseball if he stays healthy. Uh, Now, will he stay healthy? Will Rodon and Cortez bounce back? Still almost as many question marks as there were before the Yankees signed Strowman, but one fewer. And that one question mark we got rid of is a pretty important one. The Yankees could not afford to wait until the end of this offseason, stake everything on Snell and Montgomery, one of whom is not coming, one of whom is asking for way more money to come. And uh, they went ahead and got a pretty impressive option who was – the best pitcher in the National League in the first half of last year. Don't ask me what happened in the second half of last year. Yeah, um, I'm going to pull a John Kerry here and flip-flop a bit. Um, seems like the chat's a little bit divided on Stroman. Um, look, jury's still out until this man performs in pinstripes, but I will say, I mentioned it last episode when the rumors were hitting, um, and I called them total bullshit, and I truly believe they were. because I, I also believe they were until yeah. the moment it happened, so yeah. we, we were wrong. Yeah, uh, happy to be wrong. Again, love being wrong. It's it's more fun that way. Um, but at that point, I did say this, at, like acquiring Stroman now actually makes more sense than it did years prior because um, this deepens the rotation instead of creating uh, a need for him to perform at his absolute best. Marcus Stroman does not need to perform at his absolute best in order for this contract to be worth it or for his existence in the rotation 
to make any sense at all. He can perform at 70% capacity, and it's definitely worth the money based on the rate that the Yankees got, and it's still better than anything they would have gotten from almost anybody else. Um, do I think Michael King's upside might have been a little bit better? Sure, but Michael King is still, again, never had a track record of a season making more than 12 starts. And I promise um, you this, like, I don't know what next season is going to look like for Michael King, yeah. but I know if he was on the Yankees, I'd be terrified of every inning he pitched over his typical number of innings about the elbow going. I would be spending the yeah. entire year on the edge of my seat. I know there are starting pitchers in the rotation right now. There are people with the yeah. documented history of starting uh, and throwing a good chunk of innings. Anyone could get hurt. And everyone did get hurt last year, but I would be on the edge of my seat watching Michael King every single start if he was still our responsibility. Yeah, and that too, that was always an issue um, with the future and the longevity of Michael King. Um, another reason why I'm kind of on board with this deal um, is because it shows a little, little bit of growth here from the Yankees. Um, now, look, I think that there are questions to be asked about the acquisitions of Alex Verdugo and Marcus Stroman. Um, I think that, and Josh, well, Josh, yeah. I mean, that was, these are different. However, Josh Donaldson, I think was, um, was a, a super high cost in a year where you knew the, the play was going to start declining. Um, and he also just had beef directly with the Yankees highest paid player at the time. Um, so, you looked at it and you're like, this actually makes no sense. And on top of that, the Yankees upended their chemistry in a sense by getting rid of Gio Rochella, who was just as good as Josh Donaldson, probably from a statistical standpoint um, leading up to the deal um, and was a beloved teammate from, you know, you know, in the clubhouse. So there were layers to that one. This one, these two trading for Verdugo, signing Marcus Stroman, is it our cup of tea? Not necessarily. However, the Yankees have failed to deviate from, I guess, their usual plan of acquiring the same type of personality, the guys who don't rock the boat, the guys who don't really uh, give the media much to run with. Um, now, this could very well blow up in their face. Uh, we've we've seen the documented issues that Alex Verdugo have at the Red Sox. We've seen the documented issues that Marcus Stroman has had with every team that he's ever played for. <laughs> Um, his exit from Toronto, his exit from the Mets. Um, hasn't been any issues with the Cubs, right? I didn't hear anything about that. Um, so. But issues with the Yankees, uh, talking trash to rivals, uh, beefs with multitude of other players. Look, it is what it is. And I want these guys to be who they are uh, because that's the point of life, right? We're, we are who we are, and, and that's, that, that's how we operate on a daily basis. However... The fact that the Yankees had a face-to-face -face with Stroman, I guess, to clear the air over everything that had happened, and then they managed to reach a middle ground where it was like, hey, we have a number that we can spend on. We're happy to have you. Um, we're also probably going to need the behavior to be dialed back a little bit. Um, you know, Maybe we want to apologize for what we said. We hope you feel the same. Scrub your tweets, whatever the case it was. I think the fact that Brian Cashman was willing to do that is a step in the right direction. Now we could also look at it from the other side and say, yeah, Brian Cashman, a midlife crisis this off season. And maybe he's just going off the rails, acquiring GM, Alex yeah, Verdugo. GM meetings. He definitely had yeah. what looked like the beginnings of a midlife crisis. <laughs> the, 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 the warning signs of what's to come, but look, 
Uh, we have to rationalize these moves as best we can. Um, if I could go back in time, what would I do? I would sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Um, I would maybe push a little bit harder for Blake Snell uh, to maybe meet in the middle or you know closer maybe to his price because um, I think Snell is a great fit and a superior pitcher. But if we're looking at this from uh, a flexibility standpoint, it's a two-year deal with an option for a third. And in reality, if Stroman does perform well in that second year, he's going to forego the player option. So it's essentially a player option if he's really bad um, and pitches 140 innings in year two. Um, and then you look at the upside with the personalities. Like the Yankees do need the flair. The Yankees do need some of this outgoing and um, kind of inflammatory uh, swagger in the, at least coming from their side of the dugout when dealing with other opponents, they don't need it to upend their own team chemistry. But again, I think, I hope there's enough foundation in this Yankees clubhouse with Garrett Cole, with Carlos Rodon, with Aaron judge, with Giancarlo Stanton, even with someone like labor Torres and DJ LeMahieu that hopefully there will be a healthy mix of these guys coming in and adding this competitive, like F you nature and trash talk while it all remaining tame within Yankees land. That's I my mean, take. That's what I hope for. Yeah. It would sure be a mind F if we got to the, you know, spring training Garrett Cole was like, I didn't sanction this and I hate this. Like I'm sure that they went to Cole and went to judge on these and Stroman say what you will about him. Uh, caustic exit with the Mets uh his the problem in Toronto is just that he wanted to be traded to the Yankees and was traded to the Mets instead as far as I know I think he was a pretty well-liked teammate there and uh you know Chicago I don't recall any Jameson Tyone stood up for him uh this week on on foul territory we we posted that um you know it seems like his teammates liked him. the issues in Chicago or you know the liking of tweets and uh, poorly thought out tweets called a Mets beat writer, an anti-Italian slur in a Twitter mm -hmm. like, not a tweet, just bad, at, bad at social media um, was asking some interesting questions uh, around the Kyrie Irving thing that I like, you know, would wish they hadn't been asked, but yeah. Marcus Stroman on the field. Um, a lot of the chemistry issues in the past, everything that was a Yankees related issue. Oh, this team has, they choke every year. Uh, everybody behind Garrett Cole sucks. Uh, you know, everyone in this rotation always breaks down. All of that was based on the fact that Cashman didn't trade for him in 2019 and he felt disrespected. And it comes from a place of being a lifelong Yankee fan. Like he made that obvious. He announced his own signing with a picture of him in a Yankee sweatshirt. If you thought he was a Mets fan, cause he said that when he was on the Mets, then you played yourself because he was very clearly a Yankee fan all along. Yeah. And based on what he said on his personal social media, after making this, uh, you know, uh, finalizing this agreement, he wrote all about how can't wait to put on the pinstripes, the fire fuels him, et cetera, all that, everything you want to hear all that good stuff. Um, if he's going to be sort of a fiery figure and he's going to unleash venom and, and turn it against uh, his perceived enemies, then I would much rather they be the Yankees opponents than the Yankees themselves. He loves the Bronx. He loves this team. And if the comments are right, the one thing that you can't quantify is fire. Like CeCe Sabathia brought ace caliber starting pitching in the 2019, but he also brought fire. AJ Burnett was mid that year. 
but he too brought fire. He brought fist pumps. He brought pies. He brought team chemistry. Like if Alex Verdugo and Marcus Stroman can combine to do that sort of thing, and it doesn't hurt that Alex Verdugo is in a contract year, so he needs a big deal. So he's got self-motivation. If they can bring that edge, then I'm all for it. And Stroman, the Yankees haven't had somebody fight for them in a while. They haven't brought in someone who actively fights for their honor code and for the pinstripes and for the culture or whatnot in a long time. Josh Donaldson fought it from the inside. He fought the team culture after being imported into the team culture. Stroman vows to be doing something different. He will be wearing number zero with the Yankees. Is it a number? Is a zero its own thing? Great question, but very cool. Uh, if he brings, if he brings the vibes, yeah, and he brings them, you know, fully loaded artillery on his back for the Bronx, for the team of his childhood, then we could be in for a fantastic year if his injury troubles don't continue. At least 140, 150 great innings. Now, if it boils over, if Aaron Boone can't control the clubhouse like the comments are joking about, then uh, that's really bad. And this will be the last year of Aaron Boone's tenure in the Bronx. They'll let Alex Verdugo walk. Uh, Stroman will be entering what is likely his final year under contract, uh, et cetera. Uh, But I don't think, uh, I I think those, I think the only two options, and obviously this is not taking a stance, is that it goes fantastically well and he finally lives out his childhood dream or it's a complete disaster. Because remember, Joey Gallo is his childhood dream too. So, we're going to pay lip service to it. I was on record for saying I do not think that this is the move. Correct. Once, once it became clear they weren't going to find common ground with Blake Snell on like a three-year $110 million deal, which is what I would have done, I don't see how you don't take this bargain and at least guarantee that you have Stroman locked down for, again, cheaper than Lucas Giolito, who we spent so much time railing about. These pitching contracts are crazy expensive, and Giolito and Frankie Montas were the number one and two. Montas throws an inning last year, and he gets $16.5 million. Giolito gives up 40-plus home runs last year and gets $20 million a year. Like, both of those people are people who I would say, hey, if I could have them for $9 million, I'd take them, but not at the price they're signing. Uh, and uh, this time around, uh, yeah, I would uh, I would go ahead and uh, grab Marcus Stroman for $18.5 million a year. That's not even a question. Yeah. Uh, look, we were against it. But there is no denying that. Um, now we were all we're going to do here is we're going to tell you what the potential pitfalls are. We're 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 going to root for the guy as best we can, assuming that this isn't you know this isn't something that's going to blow up. I think there is potential for that. Um, but again, I think it's at least at the very least an outside the box risk that the Yankees are taking that they wouldn't normally take. Um, it does scream a little bit desperation to me, um, but I think this team is desperate in a sense to have some sort of different moxie going around the clubhouse, having a different attitude uh, when facing division rivals. The Yankees have clearly, clearly been at like who's the the only division rival that they have punked in the last six years was has been Toronto. Red Sox get the best of us every single time. Astro, uh, uh, Rays get the best of us every single time. Um, outside of the division, the uh, the Astros continually kick our ass. So it's like it's about time we have a little bit of the changing of the guard around the league. Like the Astros are kind of getting worse. Um, I don't want to bite my uh, you know I, I'm not going to bite my tongue at this point. I, I hope I'm not wrong, but um, their their roster is getting worse just from a player departure perspective and their prospect pipeline. Like that's just what's on paper. Um, Toronto, 
I don't think improved. I think they, they, they filled holes that they needed to fill, but they got players who are less effective. Um, Rays, I'll regret saying this, but on paper, they're getting worse. Uh, they got rid of you know, a couple of their really good players. Um, Red Sox are an absolute atrocity. Um, Orioles, Orioles leaving the window, leaving the lane right open for us. They're not they doing could anything. Be, they could be here. This could be us, but you playing Orioles. We yep. could have the number one rivalry in the AL East yep. and you have signed uh, nobody this offseason. Craig Kimbrell, one of the worst relievers, regardless of what the stats will tell you. The Orioles have could have done a lot this offseason. We keep talking time and time again about how, how they are the de facto front runners for Dylan Cease because they have the package to get it done. I don't know what they're doing, but they're giving the Yankees a window. They could let the Yankees off the hook for the next five years if they fuck up this offseason. And it seems like that's what they're doing. Yeah. Again, I mean, they, they have all the they have a prospect core that anybody would be jealous of. And the follow-up yeah. move has been absolute diddly. And and there was there was there was a word that they didn't even want to trade for Burns or Cease because they didn't want to absorb the eight million dollars yeah. owed to cease this year you know it, come on it was God. 24 million combined to have the both of them for this coming year and then it probably would have been somewhere around 12 to 14 million for cease in 2025 so that's how much that's how cheap they are they have a what is it a 60 70 million dollar payroll and they're unwilling to inherit an extra 24 million dollars to i mean if they acquire cease and burns that makes them the favorite in the al no doubt right yeah, it has to. Has uh, to. From, a, from an on-paper perspective, that makes them the favorite. So look, you look at all these factors. Yankees, Yankees zigzagging a little bit, taking these risks with 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 the personalities. Um, I, I'm not wholeheartedly supporting it, but I do see the upside here. I'm acknowledging it's a risk, and I'm gonna have to root for these guys. Um, we are so gonna have to root for these guys. Past transgressions are what they are. We'll talk about them. We're not afraid to bring them up. You mentioned those couple of questionable things with Stroman. We've talked about Alex Verdugo's minor league uh, issue with the Dodgers back when he had those accusations levied against him. It is what it is. It's no secret here, but they're on the Yankees. This is what our team's going to be, and we have to face it. All things considered, I would have chosen different guys, but yes. here we are. Um, well, let's talk about what comes next. I think that's what's most important. Uh, I mean, I, on the most granular level, Oscar Gonzalez is gone. Uh, not the person I would have suspected would be the first one off the 40-man roster. Yeah, somebody really. Tweeted, uh, somebody tweeted the Grandpa Simpson meme, walking into the burlesque show and then walking right out with a hat when he sees Bart at the desk. Pretty much. Uh, but it's funny because Oscar Gonzalez was added by the Yankees in a different world. He was added by the Yankees in a world where they were like, let's take a chance on young right-handed power. He was 125 OPS plus in 2022, dog shit terrible in 2023, and, and was good in the minors, I guess. So you get the chance to claim somebody who walked you off in the playoffs, who had two playoff walk-offs in 2022. You do it. But he came to the Yankees in a world where they had no outfield depth, where it was like, we'll take anybody. We just lost Billy McKinney. We just lost Bowers. Like, we, we just lost Willie Calhoun. We don't have these guys. Who cares if he's right-handed? Like, we might as well grab him. And then they went out and got Juan Soto. Then they went out and got Oxford Hugo. And then they went out and got Trent Grisham. And they've got Everson Pereira in the minors. And they've got Jason Dominguez rehabbing. And he might be a little bit ahead of schedule. And even if he's not, he'll be pretty good when he comes back. Probably so. I guess you don't need Oscar Gonzalez. The one thing I do know is they're not gonna sh they're not gonna take anybody off the pitching side of things. And when they Luke Weaver's having his physical tomorrow, when they announce Luke Weaver, uh, when they us, that deal, presumably that's gonna go. Presumably that's gonna go through. I guess uh, you know. <laughs> hopefully, I, look, I don't know. Like, if they find uh, you know 
uh, his elbow is in the wrong spot. If he's got no UCL like R.A. Dickey, if the physical shows something absolutely crazy, fine. But Luke Weaver still yet to be announced. They're going to have to go through that uh, and, and take somebody else off the 40-man tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be a pitcher. They're adding pitchers. Uh, they're adding them very uh, – you know, they're adding pitchers with a purpose. They're adding Cody Poteet because they think he could be a swingman. They're Poteet. adding Cody Morris in trade because they think he could be an up-and-down guy with options on the Scranton shuttle. They're not getting rid of any of those guys. They could get rid of Matt Crook if they believe in Morris and Poteet and Weaver. And, but obviously yeah, Matt Crook does, does something – Matt Crook does something at his best that none of those guys do. I still think it's Bubba Thompson and Jeter Downs, who I thought would be – out of here today for Stroman, they're still the two guys I would think are most likely to just be straight up gone. And that's two more guys who would have never appeared for the Yankees at all. So the first corresponding move for Stroman is a guy who never appeared for this team. And I think the next one probably will be as well. What about um, a trade? That's the other option. What about a trade? There's a lot of guys here. Um, You're wondering about plenty of people and obviously the Yankees depth does take precedent um far too often over these last few years the yankees have filled their bench with just random guys hey we have four extra roster spots let's um who's who's there we'll 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 put them there uh without taking into account that this team is perennially injured um and needs 120 games off of, out of probably what two guys off the bench yeah. um so you'd like for this to remain intact that depth would be what peraza Cabrera, Oswaldo, yeah. Grisham. But then you look at the rest, it's like, is there room for Pereira? Is there room for, I mean, well, you look at it this way. You're not trading Jeter Downs. You're not trading Bubba Thompson. You're I not trading, me. you're probably not trading a Yorbit. Um, Crook is negative trade value. Yeah, negative. So a lot, and you got to, you know who's probably going? It's got to be a catcher. We still have five catchers on this roster. Yes, we do. Oh my God. So yeah, we didn't come prepared today, guys. Sorry. Uh, we're looking at the 40 man now. It's just, it's crazy. But yeah, you're right. They can't part with pitching. It's, it's, it's a bit of a weakness um, in terms of like guys coming back from injury um, and there being a lot of uncertainty there. So you kind of can't have a revolving door. Um, with these pitchers on the 40 man right now, unless you're upgrading unless, but I don't, again, I don't think there's many areas for them to, to, to fully upgrade um, unless they're going to spend big money or make a gigantic trade. But yeah, you look at this, you got five catchers, you have Jeter downs, you have to me, like one of Cabrera Peraza Pereira can't be here. Yeah. Um, just because, like, what are you going to – you you have enough outfield depth at this point where it's like Pereira's become expendable. Um, then again, they, they fucked up everybody's trade value. So I, I don't really know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe a trade because you can – what's the time limit after you sign somebody that you have to make the corresponding roster move? Because Stroman was – when did that deal – that deal became official like late last week and the corresponding move happened today. So I think they have leeway to kind of do whatever they want. Um, but, man, maybe – Maybe the cease trade is a reality. We we have talked about that probably not as much as we should have because I think we're pretty pessimistic about it happening just because the asking price is high and we know there are other teams there that can outbid us. Well, right question. now, right now they have uh they have five major league starters in the five man major league rotation. We know someone's going to go down, if not more than one person. 
but it's harder to justify making a blockbuster trade for Dylan Cease unless that trade includes Clark Schmidt the way that this rotation is situated right now. Cause you just yeah. look, I mean, pitching is a weakness. They need to ensure against backslide and injuries, et cetera, but it's really hard to be like Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Carlos Rodon, Marcus Stroman, Clark Schmidt. We're just going to add a sixth guy. And one of you guys, we know one of you jokers is going to get hurt. Like <laughs> you have to spin Clark Schmidt into something. Otherwise it's like really difficult to shove people into those places. So, or Nestor, like you got to sell, sell low on Nestor. I wouldn't do that. No. Um, that's why there's been talk about Pereira Peraza getting flipped for like a controllable Mariner starter, a guy like Brian Wu, a guy like Bryce Miller or a controllable Marlin starter, like Edward Cabrera. The worry I have is that they flip Peraza uh, or Pereira Pereira in the top hundred prospects according to baseball America, the list that dropped today, he's still in there at 67. Today. Peraza has aged out and probably wouldn't deserve to be higher than 85, 90, 95. If he did make it at this point, my worry is that they get sick of carrying Peraza as a backup infield option and just flip him for like Tanner Scott or like a 40 man reliever on one of these teams with controllable pieces. And then, somebody pulls up like baseball trade values and is like, actually their values are commensurate. And it's like, <laughs> no, I'd rather have a top 100 prospect than volatile lefty reliever, Tanner Scott. Thank you so much. Actually um, relievers year over year. Just, you never know. Literally it could be a 1.6 ERA with 80 K's and 60 innings. The next year you'd be 54 K's and 60 innings, five, four, three ERA. You just have no idea. I would rather hold on to the top prospect. He's going to get 100 games in the middle infield this year. You just know he is. Maybe a DJ LeMahieu spot at third. Maybe they feel comfortable trading Glaber at the deadline because he shows them something in the first half. Either way, I think you can find a reliever. You can sign a reliever. You don't have to trade a recent top 100 prospect for a reliever. You just don't. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things. In this country, I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Chat's chat's asking if that's Pereira, popping off. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Pereira and Praza might get traded. I mean, anyone might get traded. Fernando, I, anybody who's not a starter, I think, could get traded. I don't. That's think been in the conversation for a while, though. We we yeah. didn't make that up. Yeah, that's not coming from us. That's just the speculation. And you look at just you look at the fringes of the roster, um, and the fact that the Yankees have um, a surplus of middle infield uh, prospects and, and younger talent. Like, yeah, those guys. And, and even outfielders, because you have Dominguez and Spencer Jones, like, yeah, at that point, Pereira becomes expendable. Peraza could have some trade value if he can start the year hot or if another team sees the value that everybody else doesn't see and they 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 up – they he he's, you know, higher up in their rankings than than he might be for, for other clubs. I don't know. Uh, trading Canely or DFAing him, uh, DFAing him they're not going to do. Uh, cause that's essentially throwing five and a half million dollars in the garbage and you're not um, taking high impact bullpen yeah. out of the bullpen. Just yeah. And I don't know who would trade for him after that season. And I don't know what value you'd get in return for him. So you got to remember the Yankees don't just dump guys. Usually it's got to come to, they, they wait far too long for the value to completely diminish before they um, dump them. Or 
um, they will have the situation boil over with frust- fan frustration and all that, and then they'll make the decision. Um, or they'll trade somebody at medium value. Uh, there is they, they don't trade people at super low or, or super high values. It's it's weird how they they kind of operate like that. Um, and that's you know you want to talk about a trade for DJ. I don't think that's happening either. Um, he has some value. You're not wrong there. Um, League average bat probably. Yeah, at but point in time. The, the total body of work since 2021 is not good, um, and the contract is not good. Um, we defended the contract for a hot second there because we thought it gave the Yankees financial flexibility in the short term, and it kind of didn't. So it's an overall whatever deal. I mean, again, that's another situation where a uh, you know uh, an opposing executive would have to come in and be like I value DJ LeMahieu because he's a versatile infielder and because he's a contact bat and we can use him properly. Most teams don't think like that. They think like think everybody in your fantasy football league who you can't make a fucking trade with because mm-hmm. they want to make they want to they want to be on the winning end of the deal and they can't even fathom um having having the structure of the deal not look perfect for them. That's what baseball is becoming. It, it's it's I understand like there is a give and take, but at the same time, there, there are a lot of teams just looking straight up to win deals. Um, you you also might be forgetting about the Yankees tax, um, which is very – someone reached out to me on Twitter. I don't know if you're in here. Um, I blocked you just because you got annoying and you were replying to yourself on a thread on a completely separate tweet that I was tweeting about football. Um, yelling at me for calling Yankee fans prospect huggers when all I did in the article was mention that I know Yankees fans sometimes like the prospect hug, but this is not one of those situations. So I wasn't even calling anybody out. I was just saying if we were to not trade Jason Dominguez or Spencer Jones for Dylan Cease, it would indeed not be a case of prospect hugging. It'd be a case of having smart, you know, a, a smart future outlook um, Jason, yeah. on your team. Jason um, Dominguez, 16th ranked prospect in baseball, all of a sudden per Baseball America, he was in the 60s and 50s last year. He was in the 80s before then. Everyone else is catching up here uh, you don't trade that guy for a volatile pitching asset with a full rotation at this point yeah no so um it is what it is uh we'll see what happens but yeah there are a lot of guys on think about like i, I know we like the value on some of these guys but you have to remember for the guys on the 40-man roster i'm saying um you have to remember the goal right now is 2024 the moves that were made are for 20 verdugo free agent glaber torres free agent uh, Juan Soto, free agent. Um, Marcus Stroman, two-year deal. Uh, Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, pri- middle of the prime. Anthony Rizzo, free agent. Uh, who else? Who else can I go down the list here? Um, I think that's it, actually. Hmm. Um, oh, no, we have uh, Clay Holmes coming. Uh, Clay Holmes will be a free agent. Yes, he will. Um, there's one other reliever, isn't there? Canely. Canely, free agent. So, um, look, not every single one of those players is the, the, the most valuable, but there will there's going to be massive roster turnover again next year, um, and the pieces that the Yankees acquired this year, a few of them in contract seasons, um, it signifies that they're, that they're trying to go for it or they're at least trying to make an impression on someone like Soto to, to, to get him to sign a long-term deal. So there's a lot of moving parts here. So, yeah, anybody who's not a starter or a direct contributor for a potential deep playoff run is, in theory, on the trade block. Yeah, Yankee fans, I love you. I do. But they're not DFAing Tommy Canely after he put up a 2.66 ERA, 1.1 war, and 48 Ks and 42 thirds innings with a 1.107 no, win. It's just uh, not happening. 
Canely's worst moments came right when we were watching this team fall apart. Like a lot of games were like, Hey, we have a two run lead in the seventh. Oh, nope. Canely just gave up a two run home run on a changeup. How did that happen again? <laughs> but that's because they were losing every game at that point. It was in the middle of like a 10 game losing streak. Every single person who entered the game increased the Yankees chances of losing at that point in time. They were going to do whatever it took to lose a baseball game in August and September. Remember when Greg Allen missed a game tying home run by one inch because it hit the top of the wall against the Red Sox and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa scored the run that gave the Yankees the lead, but actually the umpires took it off the board for no reason. That's the kind of shit that was going on in August and September. And that's the, that's the time when Tommy Canley was sort of blowing games, losing control yeah. of a signature changeup. So he needs to, he needs a catcher who understands how to work his arsenal, but he does need to be on this team next year. Unless he, he he's the out. oldest bullpen uh, guy. He's the senior man in the bullpen. Uh, most innings pitched, I believe, career-wise, um, oldest. Um, I think uh, he might be the longest tenured Yankee in there, too, in terms of just overall time spent with the Yankees throughout his career. What yeah. um, he spent three years after the White Sox trade, two, three years after the uh, White Sox trade? Well, half of 17, 18, 19, 20, technically. Two of those yeah. years, great, too terrible. And then last year. Um, so, yeah, uh, you're looking at – they might view him as a leader of sorts, a mentor of sorts. Um, so, yeah, I think that there, there is uh, – I think the pitching staff, there's not much movement going on unless there's a giant trade in the works to get us somebody else. But I also don't feel like that's happening. So the next guys to go are going to be position players. Um, yeah, I think yeah. that's that's it. That's it. That's where we're at. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at the roster. It makes sense. The Yankees value pitching. You can't, you, you need all the pitching depth you possibly can. They're not going to be sacrificing that right now. I also wouldn't want to tie like an asset like Peraza to LeMahieu to get rid of that contract. The LeMahieu contract's not good, but it's one of the, the Yankees are one of the very few teams that can absorb 15 million a year for the next three years for a guy that's like pretty good. League average yeah. bat, maybe a pretty, little better. Maybe he, maybe he finds it again, or maybe he's just a league average bat or a little below and a versatile fielder for the next three years. But the Yankees can pay $15 million for that. A lot of teams can't. Uh, I'm team keep Peraza. I am. I don't want to just ship him out. Uh, no. un unless you can get this Mariners, uh, you know, Brian Wu in a trade, and then you have a, your sixth starter all of a sudden has really leveled up. But – if the options are Tanner Scott or the options are pitchers you don't believe in as much, keep him and he'll play a lot and LeMahieu will play less and LeMahieu will eventually become an expensive bench piece. They're probably going to pay for Giancarlo Stanton to go away after this season, I think, because yeah. I think they're going to say they want to sign Juan Soto long-term and I hope they do. And, and I hope Juan Soto keeps showing that he wants to be a part of this team long-term. Uh, but in order to do that, you kind of have to clear up that DH spot. You kind of have to be willing. Think about that Juan Soto tax. Like 11 years, 600 million for Juan Soto, but also an extra 80 whatever million dollars to make Giancarlo Stanton go away. Kind of a yikes. Maybe they maybe they don't do it till after next year. Yeah. Like two years, maybe then it's just 50 million. And they try to get some team to eat 20 of that or whatever. It's it's tough to be the king. It's tough to have spent money on Giancarlo Stanton in 2018, only yeah. for him to fall apart. Uh I mean, yeah, what's right. next? We we do have to, you know, we we've talked about you know snell i i still don't think snell is a total no-go to be honest um i i don't think that the yankees are going to pass on him if the price drops to where they're comfortable but it's going to have to be super short term 
hundred million. Like it's going to have to be as much of a discount as Marcus Stroman was. He has uh, no reason to take that deal though. Of course he doesn't. He'll never have more earning power than this, but who's going to get, no one is giving him the money right now. Um, it's just, what do you want to do? Do you want to, to, if the angels offered him 200 million tomorrow, he'd be forced to go there. The giants are a great landing spot. Hopefully for everyone's sake, they eventually offer him 140 or whatever. So Snell doesn't take a steep discount and he gets to go to a team that's kind of competitive and maybe make some noise in the NL West. But uh, as of this moment, the Yankees are not paying him $200 million. They're not paying him $160 million. They're not paying him $140 million. Something's going to have to have gone very wrong for him to come back to the Yankees. Uh, the relief market, I think, is where they settle ultimately if they're going to spend any more money. Hector Neris is the name that we have to talk about because conflicting reports on Neris. I've heard uh, I've heard the Red Sox are in. I've heard that the Yankees are obviously very interested Uh what was the, the Texas Rangers were also interested. That was the other name that was attached when we wrote about it last week. Yeah. Uh, Hector Gomez said $50 million for Neris over three years, but John Heyman said two years and 20 uh, earlier today, right after Hector Gomez. So if it's a two year, $20 million contract, sign it, sign it, sign it, sign it, come to the Yankees, go ahead and do that. If it's uh three years, 50, obviously you, you can't, uh, you can't do that. Um, people in the comments are frustrated with the Yankees not making moves. Uh, I, I do want to invite you, like, uh, Yankees got to make moves. active team this offseason. Yankees got to make moves, man. I'm getting frustrated. Verdugo, Soto, Grisham, Stroman, most active team this offseason by far. Like, I, I get it. But, uh, you know, I just – I want to know what you want to see and, and what you're saying. When when you say I'm frustrated, to get Yamamoto. they're making a lot of moves. Yeah. Tried to get Yamamoto, traded for Victor Gonzalez. Um and Yorbit Vivas. Uh, you got to remember welcoming a bunch of injured players back into the fold. I know that's not, those aren't moves, but they not can't moves. just start tossing away roster spots here and there. Um, Efros coming back from injury, Luis Heal, um, Ron Marinaccio coming. He, I mean, he What's was going to happen. I don't know. Redful at AAA last year. I yeah. got no, I got yeah. no hope for Ron Marinaccio, but we'll see. Yeah, Jose Trevino coming back from injury. Uh, Anthony Rizzo coming back from injury. Uh, Jason Dominguez coming back from injury. So there, there's a lot of – and look, they tried for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I don't know I, – I, look, they, the frustration there is real, but what are you going to do? They offered him the best deal out of all of the deals in terms of flexibility, in terms of front-loading it, in terms of opt-outs, in terms of signing bonus – and he chose somewhere else. The Yankees deal had to differentiate from the Mets and the Dodgers identical contract or else they would have had no chance. Um, clearly Yamamoto wanted to be a Dodger and he said that. So we move on. Um, I think a Blake Snell move would be great. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah. unless... I'm still in favor. I'm team. But Snell, again, we, but... Yeah, I, we're in favor. Of course, we thought Strowman wasn't going to happen and then it happened. So you, you never really know. But um, again, the free agent pool this year was largely weak. The Yankees got the best trade acquisition out there. Arguably, what this the the, the second or third best position player in terms of a uh, who's on the trade market? Best player traded. I mean, a top ten player traded in the last twenty yeah. years. <laughs> so and look at the difference. So like I was I was trying to rationalize Verdugo the other day because I was thinking about it. Yeah, and you look at Verdugo as what the Yankees' seventh best hitter. The like, think about how much better that makes the Yankees. The Red Sox were using Verdugo as like the centerpiece of that core. It was like him, 
It was Devers, Bogarts, and him. Verdugo cannot be the third best player on your team. Verdugo can't be the fourth best player on your team. Um, you and could argue the seventh best hitter last year, Calhoun. Yeah, really bad. It was really not good. So you look at the manner in which they've changed their lineup by adding two lefty bats, by adding you, Verdugo, great, career 102, 105 OPS plus, whatever it is. The bottom of the Yankees lineup last year, even hitters like six through nine were terrible. They were below league average. If you get them to league average or slightly above, the production exponentially increases from a team-wide standpoint. You talk about somebody who is uh, protecting uh, somebody earlier in the lineup, protecting the the bottom of the lineup. The bottom of the lineup is able to see more pitches and capitalize on them. Anthony Volpe rolling into year two, going to be a very different scene there. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, supposedly healthy. That kind of changes a lot of things as well. So um, I'm not drinking the Yankees Kool-Aid just yet, but you do have to realize that those two additions alone in terms of bettering the lineup with what they were able to better the lineup with, there were no other choices out there because the trade market is largely barren and free agency had not much going on in terms of what the Yankees needed. They did the best they possibly could. And this is us giving props to Brian Cashman, which we rarely ever do. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe he'll listen to this and, and he'll, he'll enjoy us maybe he's already listening to this like maybe he's maybe he's fernando maybe he's fernando i don't know maybe he's fernando when fernando pushes the podcast the numbers go up brian cashman has a network of uh close compatriots who love youtube like it just connect the dots that's uh, that's all i'm doing shout out to everybody for showing up uh today at an off time uh you know yeah thanks guys 452 isn't when we usually go live on a wednesday afternoon but we appreciate it we had to get this out uh, good point. You know, if we want to be taken seriously, honestly, we got to get a Strowman show out, obviously. Um, and unfortunately, we ended up doing three Strowman shows in a row. Not going to sign him, not going to sign him, already did sign him. So that's not the dream cadence. But we will be back next week, Monday, uh, 2 o'clock Eastern. We'll be here uh, Monday, Thursday next week. We're going to work on getting some guests for you. We're going to work on some partnerships. We're going to work on some big things in 2024. Uh, both of us had a hectic start to the year, but. Uh, the Yankees didn't, so they do. left basically the same roster that we had on, on January 1st, plus Marcus Stroman. So we'll see you guys next week. Uh, I'm Adam Weiner, but you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner, Thomas Carinante. Uh, has the place where people can find you uh, to shit talk you and your mentions about prospect hugging, is that still the same spot on, on Twitter.com? <laughs> or yeah, it's only on football tweets, and it's at Tommy's underscore takes. Um, once again... We are both at the official Yanks Guard Twitter account at Yanks Guard FS. It's probably a better place to talk shit to us. It's yeah, it's it an is. official account. You'll be there. Um, there's more followers, so more people will see it. We're encouraging this. This is what we want. Uh, head on over to YanksGuard.com. The content is flowing. We thank you guys for reading. Um, there's a lot of interest um, as free agency rolls along and as more speculation pops up. We are all over it. We're here to help inform you, and we thank you for reading there. Um, and until then, yeah, we'll see you next week. Um, I won't be here Monday. Adam will be doing a show. Um, we'll figure it out, but, uh, we're having a good time and, uh, we thank you guys for the support. Um, and don't forget about DraftKings first time users code Yanks go yard, subscribe to us on YouTube, please. It helps us a ton. If you're a first time listener, um, and head on back, we're having a good time here and, uh, it's going to be a big 2024. Take care, everybody. He's not wrong. We'll see you next week, and we'll figure it all out from there. Goodbye, y'all.